Man, it's great to be back with my church family. Thank you for your prayers as uh, Kelly and I got to travel to uh, southern Mexico to be with our missionaries, Joel and Veronica Ariola. And uh, we spent time with them. We ministered in their church. We ministered in another church in Playa del Carmen and building relationships there. And we had a really solid time. And then last week I came back, Pastor Joel was in the pulpit here. And uh, man, he brought a great word, but I was with you online because I was sick, man. I brought home a chest cold. I think Jason said, man, if, if my voice goes out during worship, you just keep singing. I'm gonna say the same thing. If my voice goes out while I'm preaching, you just keep hearing what God's telling you. Fair enough? Man, but it's good to be back with you. Let me remind you what we are getting after in this series that we've titled An Upgraded Faith, okay? It's from 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 is where we read these words in verse 5 that says, make every effort. Everybody say, every effort. You can hear Peter's urging us, even as he was uh, urging that first audience that read his letter, he's urging us, make every effort to add to your faith. To add, to add to my faith. And you know what, this is like, this is a radical concept because it's counterintuitive to a lot of us. As followers of Jesus, many of us, I think, kind of fall into thinking that faith is all that there is. Like that once I've said yes to Jesus and kind of made that right, like in my heart, like I stopped, you know, living with putting myself on the throne of my life and I put Jesus there, everything else is just going to work out automatically, right? And all the different pieces, I'm going to be like living the dream, Once my faith is right, everything is just perfect. I'll tell you what, that's not what we read in scripture. It is a starting place. Our faith is a beginning. And and if you go back to our first message in this series, we kind of get into this in a deeper way. And I encourage you, you can go back on our podcast or you can watch on YouTube and go back to the first message where we kind of unpack this this chapter in more detail. But but this is, Peter's getting after something. He, He confronts the idea that faith is all there is if we're going to live the lives that Jesus has for us. If we're going to live a life where we are flourishing and thriving, there's more. And it has to do with this phrase, add to your faith, or what we're calling upgrade. Upgrade your faith. God has given us everything we need as the foundation for these lives of faith. And it says at the beginning of uh, 2 Peter 1 that he's, he's built that foundation out of his promises. But then what we're urged is to take those promises and use them to keep building. And so then, right after he says, add to your faith, Peter breaks down seven things that he considers essential upgrades for our lives. He talks about adding goodness to our faith. 
adding knowledge to our faith, adding self-control, pretty big deal, perseverance. Then this one called godliness that I think we're going to touch on at the end of today's message. Godliness, what's that all about? And then he finishes up by saying mutual affection, add that, that's like human kindness. And then finally he gets to love. Add love to your faith. And one of the things we've been talking about, the reason he said to add these to your faith is because none of those things automatically come with faith. Just because we say yes to Jesus doesn't make us good, doesn't give us self-control, doesn't give us godliness. We don't just become godly or loving just because we said yes to Jesus. We are to keep building on that foundation, this radical foundation of faith. Take his promises and with them continue building. So, Then after he says that, he gives us this promise. Peter, listen to this promise that Peter gives us. It's in verse eight of 2 Peter chapter one. He says, for if you possess these qualities, you know, the ones I just listed, goodness through love, those seven things. He says, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, meaning we're to continue upgrading in these things. Now, I didn't want to upgrade Now, I just add it once and we're all good. We're one and done. We're to continue growing in these things. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you, listen, from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter is telling us how to have a useful and a fruitful faith. That, listen, that is the basis of this series. We are wanting to grow as people who have a useful and a fruitful faith because no one's got time. No one's got time for a faith that is ineffective and unproductive. So yes, Peter's giving us a promise, but it's also a warning. If you do not upgrade, if you do not continue to grow in these things and keep on adding to your faith, guess what you're going to end up with? This right here. And and as I've shared before, I think this is what keeps a lot of people from coming to Jesus. Honestly, because they bump into people who say that they're followers of Jesus because at one point they raised their hand in a meeting or whatever. They said, yes, Jesus, forgive my sin. Like they took a step of faith, but they stopped adding. And so you run into people who are Christians who are not good, don't have self-control, don't have any perseverance, don't have godliness, and they are really, really unloving, unkind people. How harmful is it to the witness of Jesus and to his glory when we fail to upgrade? when we stop adding. And so, man, we are stepping into this saying, God, we want to add to our faith. We want to become useful and productive in our faith. We want to honor you and we want to represent Jesus really well by how we live our lives. So what we did in the middle of this series is we kind of transitioned Um, from what to upgrade, which is like those seven things. We've talked about those. We'll talk a little bit more. 
But then we kind of shifted to how to upgrade. So over these past weeks, while I've been away, we've had three fantastic messages, and they were great. I'm like, oh, man, just the truth and the, the passion that was, that was in those messages. Pastor Lisa and Kaylin brought these back-to-back messages on worship. How do we upgrade? By becoming people of worship. Actively responding to all God reveals. Man, and I love what they talked about, that, that if we are not responding to God, you know what we're doing? Resisting. If we ain't responding to God, we're resisting him. And let me tell you, if we are resisting God, how are we to add to our faith? You ain't getting no upgrades. Like this. And then Kaylin, so Lisa talked about how worship is more than just what we are singing. It's all we do in our response to what he reveals. Everything we do. Then Kaylin talked about though this amazing way that through song, that God has given that as a gift for us to practice our worship, to actually practice responding. As we gather together as people, why do we take this big chunk of time every Sunday morning? Because I could just stand up here and say, hey, you know, let's open a word and have a little conversation and I could get after the teaching. But song is important. Literally singing And if you have not found that place where just like, man, I'm just comfortable stepping in to just open my mouth and sing a little bit or respond, you know, with dance or with my hands up, I'm going to encourage you. Challenge yourself in that area. Because if we do not learn to become active, to activate our responsiveness, God, whatever you're showing me, I want to respond to that. Your love, your mercy, your grace, all the things we just sang about in the moments ago. God, I want to turn that into response towards you. And one of the ways that we get to do that every Sunday morning is by worship practice. Worship practice. We're learning to respond. So they brought two great words on how to begin upgrading our faith by by becoming worshipers. And then last week, Joel brought a great message about prayer. Prayer. How do we upgrade our faith? Through worship, through prayer. We are securing things in prayer that that God is showing us. And by faith, we're declaring those things and talking to God. And he talked about faith being, or prayer being one of those ways that we drop an anchor. Like into whatever situation we're facing. Saying, Jesus, come on, you've you've heard this now 50 times. You better be starting to say this. Every time we pray, we're dropping an anchor. Saying, Jesus, you are here. Jesus, you are good, and Jesus, you are Lord over this situation. I'm declaring those things. You are here. You are good. You are Lord. Every time we pray, we're declaring those things. And it's how we begin to apply our faith and begin to add to it. And so this morning, I'm bringing like a third message on how to upgrade. We worship, we pray, and today I'm talking about serving. Upgrading our faith to becoming people who serve well. And I wanna introduce you to a a scripture that, it's an interesting one. One one that you may have never heard 
preached on before, but it's found in 1 Timothy 3, verse 13. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Uh, like, so like when you hear like Corinthians, he was writing to the church that was gathering in the city of Corinth. He wrote this letter though to a person. He wrote this to who he called his spiritual son, Timothy. I like that name. And, uh, <laughs> and he's teaching him because he had left Timothy in Ephesus and we read the book of Ephesians, okay? That was to the church, but this is, was to their young pastor, Timothy. And he's, so he's mentoring him through these letters. And by this, we get mentored and taught as well. And so Paul writes to his spiritual son, Timothy, saying this, those who have served well, everybody say served well. <laughs> those who have served well gain an excellent standing. Interesting phrase. They gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. A great assurance in their, what? In their faith. Something happens in their faith because they serve well. So let's break this down a little bit. Paul says there are two rewards for serving well. First reward is this, an excellent standing. An excellent standing. To, to kind of understand what he's talking about, I think, I think you need to understand the context of verse 13 where he says, make, makes this statement. It's, it's in a section that begins all the way back in verse one of chapter three. And he's talking about those who are serving the church. And he talks about two groups of people. He talks about overseers, right? We might use the word elder, leader kind of, kind of people. And then he talks about uh, deacons. Deacons, that's not a word that our church uses a lot in some church cultures. I think especially if you're familiar with African-American uh, churches and black churches in America, they, they use that word more, more readily. The word deacon literally means, check this out, Humble servant. Humble servant. So if you go back and you trace what Paul is telling Timothy is about like, no, I want you to appoint people who are going to be leaders and they're going to be servants, but all of them are serving. And then he gets to this statement right here. And I believe what he is saying when he says that they will have an excellent standing Okay, if they serve well, is because, and, and you can read all the descriptions, because it's like, whoa, to be a leader, to be a, a servant, there's some like high qualifications there. There, there are things, like, I've got to get my life in order. I have to be respected in the community. I, I can't be drinking too much, it says. I, I can't be like fooling around on my spouse. All, all these kind of things are, are in that text there. Like there's some standards for those, not only who are like leading, like the person up, maybe up here, but even the person that's like handing out donuts, just serving. There's like high standards that, that Paul is saying. But then he gets here and he says, but you know what? Those who serve well, they're gonna have an excellent standing. And I believe what he's pointing out here is because those people have caught the, this, this humility aspect 
that in humility and by God's empowerment am I able to do these things. That because they, they've come to understand it is not about a title that like I realize that I'm serving well. Somebody gave me a title. Now I'm, you know, deacon this or pastor that or whatever title. It's not about a title. It's about serving well. And that, that idea of, of excellent standing literally means that like all of those of us who are like part of those who are following Jesus together as the church, like we recognize and we applaud, we honor and celebrate those who have stepped up into roles of leadership and service. He says they, they receive an excellent standing and it literally means like these people have stepped up to serve in humility. So they've stepped kind of down off the platform, but boy, they've stepped up into the things of the Lord. It's big. It's like this huge concept. Timothy, I want you to call people to step up. And as they learn to serve well, they're gonna have an excellent standing. But then he gives... The second thing that is also a reward, and it's kind of the, probably the point of why I wanted to point to, to this verse right here, because the second reward is that people who serve well will have a great, great assurance of faith. A great assurance in their faith. Listen, they upgrade their faith with confidence that they would have never had if they had not been serving. Let me say that again. They upgrade their faith. They add to it. What do they add? They add a confidence, a great assurance of their faith that they never would have had if they hadn't been serving well. Let me just pause right there. It's kind of like let the... Holy Spirit, speak to you. I, you know, because I, listen, man, this is the last thing that I'm here to do is to point fingers and say, well, you should be serving, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. But here's what I'm telling you. If any of you are saying, man, you know, I'm just not sure about my faith, I kind of, I got questions, I got doubts, I got this, I got, I'm, I'm like, okay, are you serving well? Because God's promise here and what, what uh, Paul is is mentoring this young pastor in is that, hey, as you raise up leader, so you know what's gonna happen in their lives? Do you, do you realize the beauty of what's gonna happen in those who step up into serving? They're going to gain confidence in their faith. You are calling people to upgrade their faith when they are saying yes to serving. So Timothy, don't hold back from calling people out and saying, man, bro, sister, it's time for you to step up into a new level of service. Not to a title, but to serving well. And when people begin to catch that and respond to it, the, the promise is there's gonna be a faith upgrade that happens. 
How do we upgrade our faith? Worshiping him, learning to respond actively, passionately, by going to prayer, securing those things in faith that God has promised, and we begin declaring those things, and then activating those into places of service. Activating by serving well. Because servants come to know deep down in their bones that they are doing the very things that God created them to do. I believe that the the people who serve well have the privilege of with confidence personalizing Ephesians 2.10. Do you remember what Ephesians 2.10 is? I'm gonna put it up here on the screen and guess what? This is a personalized version. So it's the same verse, but I just like, I, I put per, the personal pronouns in here. I want you to say this and then, then figure out whether you've got confidence when you say this. I am God's masterpiece. He created me anew in Christ Jesus so I can do the what? The good things he planned for me long ago. See, I believe that is exactly what Paul was talking about. That those who serve well, in other words, they are doing the good things that God had intended for them from before the creation of the world. That he planned for you, Frank. Come on, he planned for you, Susie. He, he designed things about who you are, your life, your, your, the, the good and the bad, all the stuff you've gone through, the giftings that he's poured into, the, the unique way that you see life and people and church and faith. He has created you uniquely and beautifully to serve well, to serve others, to serve the kingdom. Come on, I, I just think this is amazing. And when you step into that by serving well, you then with confidence can declare this. I am God's masterpiece. He created me to do these very things. And I'm gonna do them. I'm doing them. I am doing the very things God created me for. Friends, that's called purpose. When we recognize our purpose in life, beautiful, beautiful things begin to happen, transforming us from the inside out. We, so do you want to upgrade your faith? Yes. Serve well. Yes. Serve well. But I want you to notice what Paul was saying to Timothy. It's not just about serving that gains those rewards. It's about serving well, serving well. People might serve for a variety of reasons. Not all of those might qualify as serving well. I think there's people that serve out of obligation. Just this like spirit of obligation. Oh, God's gonna knock me upside the head if I don't serve or, you know, I, I was thinking, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about Mary and Martha, two sisters 
And they had a brother named Lazarus. We read about him a few different places. We read through the gospels. And Jesus had a special relationship with this family, these two brothers and a sister, or two sisters and a brother. And one of the times it says that Jesus went to their house and Martha is like running around like crazy, you know, like just making sure everything is right and she's probably fixing a meal and doing all the things to care for people who are in the home because Jesus is there. God's in our house. Ah! You know, want to make every, you know, cleaning the toilet twice, you know. Oh, all the stuff that has to be done. Don't want to be embarrassed when God goes to use my bathroom. But Mary, her sister, is in a different place. She is literally sitting at the feet of Jesus. And so what, now listen, here's what I want you to hear. I, I am not assuming that Martha was serving out of poor motivation. I, I think it may have been how God created her, wired her. I think she may have been in that moment serving well. However, she makes an error. Because you know what she tries to do? Tries to obligate her sister Mary into doing what she's doing. The things that God had created Martha to do, Martha's trying to get Mary saying, no, you gotta do the same thing. And then literally, Jesus, make her do these things. (laughs) Jesus, obligate Mary to serve the way I serve. And Jesus goes, mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's not how she's wired. And you know what? She's right where she is supposed to be. But I think that there can be a, a place where people only respond to obligation. Now listen, there's a difference between stepping into a need and, and, and having a spirit of obligation. There's sometimes there's just a hole that needs to be filled. And so we go, you know what? I'll do, I, I can do that. I, I can do that. I can serve there. And it may not be like your best gifting. It may not be what you're going to do forever. It's, it may not be like, I feel the anointing of God when I do this, you know. But you just do it because there was a need. And it's like, I, I can do that. I can help other people. I, I can serve God for, for a bit doing this. That's good. That, that's not necessarily a spirit of obligation. But what we need to be careful of, because I don't think it's going to ever lead us to serve well. How about those who serve out of pride? You, you ever bump into somebody that's kind of like, look at me. <laughs> Watch what I can do, you know? <laughs> And it's kind of about, no, I'm serving because I want people to see me. I want people to like say, wow, you're, you're really good, man. You're, you're so awesome. And uh, mm, I don't believe that that's serving well. And then there's other impure motives, I think, that can lead people in certain situations to serve. Like, if I do that, whoo. That's going to give me an advantage. That's going to give me access to the pastor. If I say yes to that, man, I'm going to, I'm going to be on his good side. We're going to go get coffee because he needs me, you know, whatever. Or forget the pastor. Maybe someone just wants to serve to get next to that cute girl. 
who's also serving already, maybe with a pure heart, <laughs> on our media team or whatever, our media team up there, can I get a shout out? It's like, I just want to get close to her or him or whomever. But you know what? There can just be like these impure motives that sneak in. Now, here's what I want to tell you. If you are serving and you kind of realize, uh-oh, I think some of my motivation is wrong. I, I don't think that necessarily I'm serving well because I am recognizing that I may have some impure motivation. Here's what I want to tell you. Don't stop serving. Just recognize this place of brokenness and purity. Repent before Jesus and keep serving. Just upgrade your service by serving well. Saying, Jesus, forgive me for stepping into this place of service with wrong motivation, with obligation, pride, impure motives, whatever. But God, now I'm going to keep going. Listen, this is what Jesus did with his disciples all the time. Praise God that he didn't kick out his disciples every time they got it wrong. Because there would have been no disciples left. Listen, when you read through the gospels, they got it wrong all the time. But I love the story. I love the story of James and John. They, they come to Jesus and, and they say, hey, Jesus, when we all get to heaven, someday, like, you know, what a glorious day that will be. And we want to sit in the most important seats right next to you. <laughs> one to the left, one to the right. Can you make that happen, Jesus? <laughs> Do you think they may have been having some impure motivation with their serving, glorifying Jesus through their lives and actions? And I, you know, you just kind of imagine Jesus going, oh, guys, this is not how you upgrade your faith. <laughs> Actually, what Jesus said it's pretty radical. Probably, probably when we read it, we, we got to recognize this was, this was a bit on the harsh side. Not harsh like sinful, of course, this is God, but man, this was a spanking. Because he gathers all the disciples together and we can read his response to this in Mark 10, starting in verse 42. It says, so Jesus called them together and said, you know, the rulers in this world lord it over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Meaning this, they are not necessarily serving well just because they're in a kind of this exalted place of being in charge. They're not serving well. But among you, he turns to his disciples. He winks at James and John. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And then he takes it up another step. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. Jeez, that's a hard calling. This is challenging. Lord, in order to serve well, I've got to do what? Yeah, we, we just read that correctly. 
And then he does something that is, I think, really profound, it's beautiful, and it's helpful. He uses his own life as an illustration for us. Listen, all of Jesus' life was designed, like chosen. Everything that he did, the way he lived his life, was chosen to illustrate for us how to serve well. Because he says this, he says, for even the son of man, talking about himself, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus uses his own life, his own story. He says, guys, you need to look at how I'm living. You need to look at my life. And maybe, and it doesn't record it, but he may have started to go through different aspects of his life. Listen, do you remember how I was born? It was in humility. Kind of in the lowliest of low settings. Born to a, a single mom, as it were. Not, not yet Married, I mean, they were engaged, they were betrothed, not, not yet married. In a barn. Not, not in a castle. Do, do you remember what I did for the first decades of my life? I was a carpenter, guys. I, I mean, I was just like driving a delivery truck or, you know, kind of doing the stuff that we do. Uh, you know, it was just like he wasn't in some exalted position. He was doing manual labor. Hammer, saw, nails, wood, splinters for decades of his life until the very last years of his life. And then when we get to these last like few years of Jesus' earthly life, guess what he was doing? He wasn't like sitting on a throne, come to me, I will give you wisdom and and I will speak and, and do great things and miracles. No, you know what he did? He went to the sickest and the most broken. He went into the homes where people were like dying. He touched people that had incurable diseases, touched them, which was illegal in their culture. Touched, I mean, that place of radical humility and servanthood. And then Hey, guess what, guys? I keep telling you this. I don't think you've caught it yet, but I'm also going to go to the cross. Yeah, that Roman cross, that place that is designed for shame and torture and death. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm going there, guys. Because I am doing everything in my life to show you what it means to really serve. Why would Jesus do this? And why would he end up on the cross when he's the king of kings and lord of lords? Why? Why? You guys, we're told this different places in scripture, but in Ephesians 2.13, I want you to see why. Why did he go to the cross? Why did he serve so radically? He says it's because Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he says, once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Do you know why Jesus served even going to the cross? To draw us near. 
to draw a broken humanity. And here's what I want to propose to you. When we begin to serve like Jesus, do you know what we are doing? The very same thing that Jesus is doing. We are drawing people near to Jesus when we serve well. We are stepping up by stepping down the way Jesus did. He stepped down into humanity. He humbled himself to serve. But you know what? Is there anyone in human history who had a more excellent standing? Now, people that don't even believe in him still believe that he was like, that was, that was a really great guy. Shaped history by what he said and what he did. Even people who have not put their trust in him still believe that he's someone of excellent standing. Most, most believe that. When we serve well, we do the very same thing that Jesus does. We help to draw people near to him. Because we look more like Jesus when we're serving. Listen, when, we're, when, when you're rocking babies in the nursery for Jesus, when you're handing out donuts and coffee in the courtyard with a smile and just greeting people and loving on them very simply, serving well, when you push computer buttons with our media team to help serve an online audience, when you use an, a little bit of a gift or ability on our worship team to, to join in and to sing or, or to play an instrument or to help Marco with sound. <laughs> you know, all, all those kinds of things, all those kinds of things, when we're serving well, what we are doing is we're drawing people nearer to Jesus that they might have a relationship with him. I want to finish with this. In that list of things that Peter said are essential upgrades, he, he mentions this one, godliness. Add godliness to your faith. And when we think about godliness, it's kind of, it's kind of a interesting word. I think we could probably define it some different ways. But I, I really believe there's at least two distinct parts to godliness. One is holiness. Like, you can't be godly and be doing stupid stuff, you know, doing all the sinful, broken, ugly, hurtful things. Right? So there's a holiness, a righteousness aspect. And we talked about that when we talked about the word goodness, you know, like, because that was the first one on the list, add goodness to your faith. And we talked about continually walking in repentance and forgiveness. Why? So that we would adopt that very same posture of righteousness and holiness that is part of godliness. But there's a second part of godliness that I think is wrapped up in what we've been talking about today. And it's that every place where we read about God, he is always serving always serving 
For God loved the world so much that he gave. He gave. He served. He gave his only son. He gave his very best to serve humanity. Why? As we saw in Ephesians, that we would be drawn near to him. He did it all for serving, to serve. Listen, I believe that there are some people who can get really, really holy. They're a little scary because they just do everything perfectly. They do everything like by the book. They do everything right. But you know what? I'm telling you, you can be holy and still be a jerk. Sorry. Like no one wants to be around you. But when you combine a righteous, holy life with a life that is absolutely, I am going to use my life to serve well. And you combine those things, I believe that that is a godly life. When holiness meets service, and I begin to serve people like Jesus served and served well, I believe that we then can say, you know what, God, I am upgrading my life in a a way that is godly. That we can say, I'm stepping in, I'm increasing, in increasing measure, living a godly life. Not just because I've stopped sinning, but because I am like you in the way I've begun serving others. Now listen, today, we do not have people with clipboards in the courtyard Where are you going to serve? Sign up to serve today. But maybe we should have. I don't know. Maybe Jasmine will run down from the media booth and say, we really need you to serve in the media team. But you know what? I didn't want to do something like that because you know what? I do not want you to serve out of obligation. Do you know what my heart is as a pastor? To help us all upgrade our faith. To get to those points of saying, I want to be useful and fruitful the way Peter talked about. I want to have a faith that is productive and it it isn't useless anymore. So if God is speaking to you, I want you to find a way to step up and to say, no, I'm going to begin serving in new ways. I, I want to learn to serve well. And if that is you, and if you don't, can't find Jason on the worship team or Kelly with our hosts or uh, Rico out in the courtyard or Jasmine or me and team, I mean, then you can find folk. But listen, if you can't or if you're online, man, just go over to our website, sm4.org, and like just go to the contact page, drop a note saying, I really want to serve. And maybe God's even gonna give you a vision for maybe what that will look like. We wanna hear. Like, how can we help? How can we facilitate lives of service? How do we upgrade our faith? Worship, prayer, service. Let's pray. Jesus, Lord, thank you. Lord, for modeling to us what it looks like to be people who serve. To serve well. Because, Lord, that's what you did. You served well. Listen, Jesus even went to the cross to serve you. As we read, he he went to the cross in order to draw people near to him. 
So here's my first question for you. Have you drawn near to him? Have you drawn near to him? He went to the cross to draw you near. But have you said, yes, Jesus, I'm, I'm I'm receiving of what you did. Lord, you drew near to me and God, now I say yes to draw near to you. I allow you into my life. I receive you into my life. Jesus, bring all of yourself into my story. God, cleanse me from my brokenness. Forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I want to live in relationship with you. I want to learn to be like you. Friends, scripture calls this being born again. Like everything made new because of what Jesus has done. And if that is you today, if you're like, man, I I have never drawn near to him or I have walked so far away from him that I need to draw near to him again. Listen, would you allow him to serve you again this morning? Because he's here to do it. He's here to welcome you, to embrace you, to forgive you, to save you, give you a new life. And if that's you, I just want you to like look up real quick, wave your hand to me and say, Pastor, that's what I'm doing today. I am allowing Jesus to serve me once again by saying yes to him. Yes, yes, yes. Anybody else? Anybody else to say, yeah, Pastor, that's me today. Yeah, bro, I see you. Yes, yeah, yeah, over here. I see you, ma'am. Yeah, I see you. I see you, yeah. I see you guys, family. Yeah, man, I see you. Jesus is serving you. He's not here to manipulate you. He's not here to obligate you. No, he's here to welcome you into his family. Everything that comes next is because of his relationship with you. And you learning to upgrade your faith as you continue to walk in him. Now, Jesus, would you help all of us? And I put myself right into this. Jesus, would you help all of us to learn to serve well? Lord, that we would gain a confidence in our faith like we've never had before as we learn to serve others. Lord, the way that you have served us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Listen, we have our ministry team coming forward and if there's a particular thing that's going on in your story and you're like, man, I just, I would love for someone to pray with me, pray for me. That's why we have a ministry team here every single week led by Pastor Lisa. It's one of the ways that she serves and does that with excellence. Listen, don't leave today. Dana's out in the courtyard and if you're online, again, you can reach out to us through our contact page on our website. We would love to be praying with you and for you. But if you're here today, don't leave if you've got some burden that you're carrying. And if you are one of those people who said yes to Jesus, I am drawing near to him today like he is drawn near to me. I'd love for you to come too because we have a gift for you. It's a a little booklet and these folks will be happy to give that to you because it just explains how to keep growing in Jesus. Jesus.
how to keep growing in him. Friends, you are loved. And I am looking forward to uh, being with you again next week because we're, get, we're getting near to wrapping up this series. And friends, just have a beautiful, beautiful, blessed week. In Jesus' name.